You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Defining moments prepare you for struggles ahead. Waiting at the bottom of the mountain. You read the story, if you read on in Mark 9, at the bottom of the mountain, when they came down from this incredible defining moment, there were critics disputing with them, a father crying out to them, a demon taunting them, a crowd doubting them, and a child dying in front of them. So the defining moment prepared them for what lay ahead. Have you ever experienced a defining moment in your life? When's the last time that you truly had an impactful spiritual juncture in your faith? Today in his message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that you need to cherish the defining moments in your life. As you grow in faith from important occasions, use it as armor against the trials that will come. If you've never had a defining spiritual moment or are unsure if you have, you've done nothing wrong. Be diligent in seeking after God's holiness. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Mark chapter 5 as he continues his message, Defining Moments. I'm talking to people who want him every day. I'm talking about people who have made up their minds to follow him every day. You want Jesus more than you want anything else. You are, you are in hot pursuit of God. You want God to change you and rearrange you and do some new things in your life. You want to become everything he has called you to be. You want to grow into the fullness of the stature of the Son of God. I think that's who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to you, if that is you, can you raise your hand and say amen? Come on, church. We live once and then we die. It's not how long you live, it's how you live that matters. And it's time to get red hot for God and follow him with everything we've got because mountaintops are coming. But I want you to notice something. I see that those who had mountaintop experiences with God had to be willing to be mountain climbers first. Matthew 5, 1, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, It says, when Jesus saw the vast crowds, he went up into the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples, notice who came to him? His disciples came to him. Notice that there were two kinds of people. When you read Matthew 5, you'll find that huge crowds were following Jesus heretofore. But when they came to the mountain and Jesus climbed to the mountaintop and sat down to teach, the only ones who climbed up after him were his disciples, his apprentices. It wasn't that the crowd wasn't invited. What you see is two different kinds of people, mountain climbers and bottom dwellers. Now, if you're from East Texas, a bottom dweller is a catfish. And and I make it sort of a little rule of my own. I don't eat bottom dwellers, except I can't resist shrimp from time to time, which is also a bottom dweller. But you know, the fish that are along the bottom and, and, and we won't talk about what's on the bottom there with them and and why they're called bottom dwellers and why some people avoid them. But I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people who followed him as long as it was easy, but when he climbed the mountain and went to the top of the mountain, the crowd decided, well, you know, it's been a great gig and a great trip. We really enjoy listening to you, Lord, but when you go to do something that is strenuous, well, we're gonna have to really work to follow you up there. Excuse if, excuse if we remain at the bottom. Churches are made of two kinds of people, mountain climbers and bottom dwellers, I'm gonna tell you. I told you about the guy that slapped me on the back one Easter at Will Rogers and said, thank you, preacher, you bless me every year. <laughs> you know, to me, it all comes down to 
Jesus. If he was who he said he was, and if he is who he said he is, and if we are going to answer to him someday, if he climbs a mountain, I go with him. If he goes through a valley, I go with him. Wherever he is, you will find me. To me, it's not casual Christianity. It is, I'm not only saved, but I'm a disciple. I'm an apprentice. I, I apply what he taught to the best of my ability. I'm working at it. I don't succeed 100%, but I guarantee you, I'm earnest. I'm sincere. And, and that is that I follow what he taught in life and living. He's not just my redeemer, he's my teacher. So if he goes up into a mountain and he's gonna teach, buddy, I'm right behind him. And I'm sitting there. Look what the mountain climbers, those who did not mind being inconvenienced, look what they were privy to. They got to hear the greatest single teaching, the greatest single philosophical discourse in the history of the world in person. When he was with the crowds, he was more general. But when he went up that mountain, he opened up to them. Virtually, he touched on every single thing that matters in life and living. And they got to hear it firsthand. They were sitting there. The crowds were there as long as it was easy. The disciples were those who climbed mountains to seek him. His disciples came to him. Mark says he led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. That took them a while, y'all. That took some hours of climbing. It took some sweat. It took some effort. It took some perseverance. But they said anything he's got to say, it's worth hearing. That's the difference between a disciple and the crowd. And I want you to be that way. I want you to think that way. If the Holy Spirit wakes you up at four in the morning and says, got something I want to say to you. I want you to be a mountain climber. I want you to roll out of bed and make a fast track for the prayer closet and say, Lord, I don't care what mountain I got to climb, what bed I got to roll out of, how inconveniencing it is for me. I want to hear what you've got to say. That was the disciples. That's why they were disciples. I guarantee you, those are the people that God shares his secrets with. Those are the people who have their finger on the pulse of what God is doing. Now, let me just move on. Mountain climbers in the natural, they gotta be determined, take time, have courage, show effort, and exercise perseverance or they're never gonna get to the top of a mountain. These people that climb Mount Everest for whatever crazy desire gets in their heart, I guarantee you they've gotta have determination, perseverance, courage, They've got to take time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears, but they do it to get to the top. For them, just the accomplishment is worth it. What about, having, what about having the ear of God? What about God talking to you about things you need to know about? I want you to be mountain climbing Christians. What the mountain climb? I've only climbed one mountain in my whole life. I was 14 years old and we went to New Mexico and I was with a group of, of boys and, and, and just like a little one month long excursion in the, in the wilderness. And it was, it was kind of neat. Halfway up, but we climbed Pecos Baldy in New Mexico, all the way to the top. It took us about three days. We would pitch a tent halfway up, third of the way up. One of these little clear tents, I'd sleep in a sleeping bag. I remember about a third of the way up. I got sick as a dog on a log. I, can I just say it in church? Threw up. Sick. 
It was the altitude was affecting me. But you know what? They kept saying, when we get to the top, you're not going to believe the view. When we get to the top, you're not going to believe. You can see the world curving in the distance. When we get to the top, and they kept talking about what they did, they built a vision in me so that I wanted to get to the top of that thing. And we got to the top of this mountain, and there was a rolled up, put it in this little crevice of rock, a rolled up list of names of people who had made it. I grabbed that thing, I Jeff Wickwire. And I looked and they told the truth. There stretched out in front of me was the globe curving off into the horizon. You could see the earth curve. Sheets of snow, wildlife stretched out behind you. Eagles flying at the top. We climbed where eagles fly. And the climb was so worth it when I got there. I have never followed Jesus through any inconvenience that once we arrived at whatever arrival gate he was taking me to, there was not a view. There was not something there that bottom dwellers never get to see. Never get to see. Well, I could stay right there, but I got to move on. Say with me, a mountain climber. Can I tell you the truth about the Lord in these last days? God is looking for mountain climbers in these last days. He's looking for mountain climbers. He's looking for mountain climbing Christians. Wherever Jesus goes, we go. Wherever he parks, we park. When he picks up, pulls up tent pegs and moves on, we move on. Listen to a few mountain climbers. David, oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you to see your power and your glory. That's the longing of a mountain climber. Listen to Daniel. On threat of being thrown into the lion's den, if he prayed to God, it says of him in the Bible, quote, he went home and with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt and prayed and gave thanks before his God three times every day as was his custom from his youth. That's the courage of a mountain climber. Listen to Paul. On threat of tribulation and imprisonment, Paul said, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, that I may finish my race with joy. That's the fearlessness of a mountain climber. Mountain climbers of the spiritual kind will face inconvenience and trouble and danger and persecution. They don't care. Anything is worth it to climb where he goes. And we will gladly persevere. We will sweat. We will arise early. We will pray late. We will remove distractions, anything that keeps us from him. And we will do whatever it takes to reach the top of the mountain so that we can listen to him. You're either a mountain climber or a bottom dweller, or I guess you can be somewhere in between. I tell you, it's more fun climbing the mountain. Now, the second thing I see is mountaintop experiences are defining moments. I want you to listen. Let me quote Patrick Morley to give you an idea of what a defining moment is. Patrick Morley describes a defining moment as a watershed experience that shapes a person's character and determines the direction of his life. Defining moments determine destiny. They reveal our identity and our character, who we really are. They often represent signposts that mark the transition from one season to another. That's a defining moment. A defining moment or a mountaintop experience is when Jesus is uniquely and gloriously 
revealed to us. That's a mountaintop experience. That's a defining moment. Mark records, he was transformed before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth could bleach or whiten them. A defining moment is when Jesus is uniquely and gloriously crystallized and clarified where you see an angle or a part or a fullness of Jesus you've never seen before. You know that you know him. You know that you are saved. But a defining moment in God, that's what I'm talking about now, in God, is when you receive a visitation from God, when God touches you, when God comes into your life and, and, and touches you in a way that you never forget it, you never shake it, you are never the same afterwards. And thank God for those experiences. And it is in those experiences that we say, well, I knew him, but now I really know him. You know who I'm thinking about right now? I'm thinking about the disciples in the boat. They've been following him around, going where he went, watched him do miracles, watched him heal the sick, watched him cast out devils. But they get into the boat. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. They're halfway across when suddenly a storm, a raging furor sweeps down on them. The boat is filling up with water. It looks like they're about to perish. And they say, Lord, don't you care? And Jesus stood up and rebuked the winds and the sea and everything became calm. And what did they say? Who is this? What was happening to them? They were having a revelation of him they had not had. Though they knew him, now they knew him better. Everybody say with me, revelation. And God will give you those times. You know why? You got to have them. You got to have them to grow. You got to have them to get your bearings. You got to have them to realize who you are and who he is and where you're going. Defining moments. Who is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Ah, there's the million dollar question. You just had a defining moment. Man, I love that. That just moves me to the marrow of my bones and back again. I love defining moments in God. Our God is a God who is endlessly, continuously unfolding himself to us. If he gave it to us all at once, we would blow up and die. Now, defining moments confirm things we have believed. They confirm things we've already believed. They saw him standing there. Now watch this. Now they're following him around. What have they been telling people? He's the Messiah. They already believed it. But they only understood in part. They only understood in, in percentages, in fractions. They didn't understand the way he wanted them to before he went back up to heaven. So it says they saw him. What, what happened? Here's Jesus. They've been following him around now for a while. And all of a sudden, folks, you got to get this. Use your sanctified imagination. All of a sudden, they're on a mountaintop. And Peter and James and John are probably looking around going, cool, this is nice up here. Why are we here? All of a sudden, something very, very supernatural began to happen. Jesus transformed in front of them. This is something Spielberg can never match. Because all of a sudden, his garment became whiter than the best bleach could possibly have made it. It was emanating with the glory of God. His face shone like the sun. He was very akin 
to the one you see in the book of Revelation. He was transformed. This was something where, y'all, they were, they were dumbstruck. Peter, not knowing what to say. Uh, duh, uh, duh, uh, duh, uh, duh. Shall we build a, let's build a place. He didn't know what to say. Listen, you know you're having a defining moment when it's so heavy, you can't wrap a word around it. And here's Peter. And he's changed, and all of a sudden, now catch this, standing here. And they knew is Moses. One of the greatest evidences from the scriptures that when you die, your soul goes into eternity, but you are still whole. You're more whole than ever because the soul spirit of Moses is standing here in a form where they said, that's Moses. They'd never seen Moses before. How'd they know it? It was an instant word of knowledge. And over here is Elijah. Moses representing the law. Elijah representing the prophets. Jesus was a fulfillment of the law and the prophets. So God was saying to these men, dumbstruck, bedazzled by this sight. He, boys, he is the fulfillment of all the prophets and he is the fulfillment of all the law. So this defining moment confirmed what they already believed in ways that could never have been done otherwise. When I got called, this is gonna be gone someday, but I like leaning on it right now. And for you, those of you listening by radio, it's a little handrail that's gonna be gone because it doesn't look very pretty, but boy, it's nice to lean on. I may paint it and leave it. But anyway, here's the deal. When I was called, I knew I was called. I knew I was called to preach simply because he put the desire in my heart to do it. It was a burning desire to minister his word. But I was terrified to do it. And I've told you this story. I was terrified to do it, terrified, because I had terrible stage fright. And so here I was struggling with this fear, battling with this fear. But when I was right at the crossroads of do I go preach or do I go do something else, I had a visitation from Christ. And he was in the room with me. And you may say, come on, Pastor Jeff, well, read your Bible. Do you believe your Bible or don't you? I'm not saying I was something special. I'm saying I needed something special. And he was in the room with me. And I believe I experienced a ministry of angels. And this, this experience, I was never the same after it. The room was bright. I was never the same after it. What did it do? It confirmed what I already believed. But that's what a defining moment does. It takes what you already believe and says, this part of what you're believing is absolutely right. Isn't that powerful? It's absolutely right. Now, here's the last thing. Fresh direction is supplied to us in a defining moment. This is my beloved son, God said to them, hear him. It gave them fresh direction. I want you to hear him. A defining moment both alters and it sets our direction in life. A defining moment clarifies and crystallizes the path that we're to travel. After my experience with God that night, there was no question in my mind. I'm called to the ministry. There is no question at all in my mind. I needed to know that. Because once I really knew that I knew that I knew, the stage fright began to go away. Because I knew he was with me. Defining moment. Some of you this year are going to have defining moments. You're going to be sitting here in church and you're going to have some defining moments. We've had people, 
I got to tell this one story. We call all the visitors. Annette was calling some of our visitors. And she called this one couple. This couple said, you know, you know how we found your church? How? Well, we were driving down 35 and we were going to another church. And we've been praying about God to lead us to a new church because we were just feeling like there was a rustling inside of us and God was wanting to do a new thing, but we didn't have a clue what to do and we didn't know you existed. But we were driving down 35 on Sunday morning and we hit a traffic jam on Sunday morning. There is no traffic jam on Sunday morning. And the traffic jam stopped us in clear view of the sign above your building. And we looked and we were on our way to church. And we said, well, we're not getting anywhere on this highway. Might as well get off and go to church. So they got off and came in here. They got nailed by the Holy Spirit and they've been here ever since. And that's, you know, it's a, it's a God thing. And I believe in defining moments in God where God touches you and you have a very powerful experience with him where your direction in life is set. You know where you're headed. Defining moments prepare us for the battles that lie ahead. They prepare us for the battles that lie ahead. Remember what I was saying about the disciples in the middle of the sea on the boat? Well, they had the defining moment. Who is this that we have followed? Even the winds and the sea obey him. Within just a few hours, they were facing a desperately possessed, demon-possessed man. And what did they have in their spirits and in their faith now? They knew that Jesus was in control of even weather patterns. So he can control these demons. Defining moments prepare you for struggles ahead. Waiting at the bottom of the mountain. You read the story, if you read on in Mark 9, in the bottom of the mountain, when they came down from this incredible defining moment, there were critics disputing with them, a father crying out to them, a demon taunting them, a crowd doubting them, and a child dying in front of them. So the defining moment prepared them for what lay ahead. Can I tell you a little secret about God? God knows what your tomorrow holds. So that when you experience tomorrow, God never says, well, I'll be. I didn't know that was coming. What do I always say? God never says, well, I'll be. And he never says, oops. You need to look in the mirror and say, God's never said oops over what I see. God don't make no junk, bad preaching, but, or bad English, but good preaching. Now watch this. The mountaintops, the defining moments prepare you for what lies ahead. God knows what's gonna happen to you six months from now. And I wanted to just, just share with you in closing that he'll give you a defining moment that builds your faith and sets you on the right course that confirms to you what you had believed about God and about the scriptures, confirms all those things, and he'll strengthen you and shore you up and, and strengthen your infrastructure because he knows you're gonna need it however long down the road. And when you face it, you're gonna be ready. You know, when God gives you a defining moment, it's also, you need to get ready because you're about to see some powerful stuff. God brings defining moments before he does something incredible. Moses had the burning bush. Next thing you know, he's leading a million people out of Egypt. Defining moments are precursors to great moves of God. That's why I believe many of you are going to be having defining moments. I don't know if it's going to be in here. I think it's going to be linked to here and related to here because we're a family and I believe you're going to have some defining moments. And I don't care if you're 90 or 9. 
God's going to bless us. Do you all believe that? In your faith journey, have you ever experienced a point in time that completely changed your life forever? Today, Pastor Jeff showed you what it means to use your biggest moments for the glory of God. When you experience a situation that alters everything you believe, do you chalk it up to coincidence? Or could it be God's divine timing? Believe in the truths of God and discover your divine purpose. I'll hand it over to Diane, who will let you know more about Hardwired. You've been listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Would you be interested in helping support this ministry as we further the gospel? All you have to do is text 817-484-4767 and enter the word GIVE to donate. We're so grateful for your continued support in listening to this program and also investing in the ministry. Once again, text GIVE to 817-484-4767 to GIVE. Here's Daniel one more time with a sneak peek about the next edition. In Pastor Jeff's next message, he illustrates for us the importance of believing that Jesus is who He says He is. We've all had doubts at one time or another, But if there's anything that we must never neglect, it's our commitment to remaining faithful to the Great Commission. As Christians, we are called by Jesus to share the gospel until the whole world hears. Never cease in sharing God's good news with everyone you meet. Remain true and claim your stake in eternity. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.